Hello. Do you see what I'm wearing? <gasps> oh my gosh, I should wear mine. Look at that. For people who do not know. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you should be. Hello. Because like, I don't know, we, we make funny faces. I'm wearing, I've talked about this before because Corinne made the most amazing, incredible shirts for her bridal party. And it's embroidered with my name. You hand embroidered this and you added the feathers. You thrifted these shirts. Stitched the oversized feathers. Oversized men's dress shirt. Everyone gave a favorite color. Said, What's everyone's favorite color? And they gave one. And then I went to many thrift stores, many Goodwills. And then I bought everyone embroidered L.L. Bean totes. So you yeah. got your shirt in the tote. It's so I cute. Loved it. Anyway. It was fun to do. I like party planning. Should I get married again? <laughs> <laughs> but these are incredible. And I was like, I just risky business. Like, I feel like I'm risky businessing all day, mm. every day when I wear this, just like wear my high socks. And- yeah. They're oversized. They're comfy. Also, I wish I could show you a picture. Maybe I'll just take a picture right now. I can always, if it looks good, I can insert it into the video. I have no context. so okay. freaky Why? right now because there's part of the sea is co- there's like a big cloud coming down and it's covering part of the sea, but so far away that it looks like it's the sky. So oh. there's big ships in the background, in the background, in the distance, in the background of the photo. Are you texting but In the it? distance. Yeah. That, that to me looks like it's in the sky, doesn't it? Oh, well, this is cool. It's the way that it, the clouds are perfectly placed. It is a little freaky. I think it's beautiful. I like it. Like a freaky Friday. That's what this is. We're recording on a Friday, Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit freaky. And we're fans of Sinisterhood that does Freaky Fridays. I also now have my little shrine to podcast. I have our alien knitted aliens that uh, we had fans give us at our live shows. I also have our... This is from Poe & Co. Embroidery. The four rules of living. One, (laughs) take your pills. Two, don't fuck your cousin. Three, don't do drugs. And four, stay away from Ouija boards. It's beautiful. Poe and Poe embroidery. I love it. And I lit a candle because it's at the mood. I need to scoot my plant back slightly because this leaf has reached out and it's trying to tickle my armpits. Tickling your pits. Pits, parts, plants. Pits, parts, plants. Pits, parts, plants. I care of them all. Sometimes I just, you know, my brain makes zero sense sometimes. And I feel like it's just word association. I hear something and I go, well, what else can I say? (laughs) (laughs) At least you play word association correctly. Remember when you tried to make me play it one time and I was just saying random words, (laughs) no association. At least you, you like get little slogans going, you know? Yeah. Your brain works well. (laughs) So because your brain works well, do you want to start by telling us? Oh, did we introduce a story sent in by a listener? This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. That's our ghost. Whoa. We are your ghost. That's our ghost, Corinne. That's our ghost, Corinne. I'm your other ghost, Sabrina. (laughs) I will start. This is a story from our listener, Becky, and it's called Meeting Oswald on Holiday. Hi, ghostesses. I'm a recent fan of the podcast. This is back from 2021. So I hope you're still with us. Please. Please listen. Maybe I should stop saying that. Maybe I should just be like, thanks for listening and just manifest that they're still with us. Of course they listen. No one has ever listened and left us ever. I honestly, because sometimes also, people why don't why is my respond. video being so bright? It's the sun. Does my face look like it's glowing white? But it's kind of pretty. You're glowing. Okay. 
I am a ghost today. Yeah, today. I'm quite literally glowing like one. Ghost Corinne. You know how we email people after we read their story? If they never respond, I'm like, oh, they hate us. They don't listen anymore. <laughs> That's truly what I think. Oh, well, call to action. Respond, even if you just say, heard. <laughs> heard. Heard. Send. Heard and send. Heard. That's all we need to know. And you can spell it so H-E-R-D, like you're herding the ghost or the sheep. Because herd. Herd. Part of the herd. Still, oh, still with us. There you go. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so I wrote this line the other day, and I'm very proud of it. And wait, actually, I'm going to read it word for word because it was very... I, I laughed at myself because... You know when you write things and you're writing in the voice of someone else, but it's very much you? Mm-hmm. Let me find it. It's kind of like a diary. Like I feel like the people that enjoy their diaries the most are the ones that wrote them themselves. Yes. They get a little spicy. They get a little silly. <laughs> okay. This is the, the sentence. I'm trying to remain optimistic despite my pessimistic personality. Correction. I'm a realist, not a pessimist. Right now, my realist self is really pessimistic about reality. <laughs> this is this is the first line in your autobiography. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It just feels on the nose. Isn't is that funny? Start? Boom. Right I think into my it. favorite kind of like writing and t- like phrasing of things is when it's when you, I don't know, I don't know how to like what that would be, but whatever. It's something like that where you use a word multiple times, but also contradict yourself in the same sentence, but it makes a lot of sense. You're asking the wrong person <laughs> if, you, if you want me to tell you what that means. Basically, but I, my I know what you mean. Because it makes for interesting, it makes for interesting writing, you know, Thank like you. it makes you stop and, and think about what was said. So good job, Sabrina. Writer Sabrina coming through. It's so funny because talking sometimes is really hard for me, but my thoughts are amazing. I love my thoughts. And I wish that instead of talking, everyone can just read my thoughts because they're great. I feel like it's also something that might happen in the future where, or maybe I'm just hopeful and this is wishful thinking that like we could be able to record our dreams. I think that maybe. I mean, did you see the Apple Are you going to ask me if I've seen the new season of... No. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, have you seen the new season of Black Mirror? And I'm like, no. No, no, no. But I I actually just watched it. The Apple Lens or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called. Wait, okay. I already told you this, Corinne, but I've, so I've started to write down my dreams. This is kind of paranormally, but I, anyway, I started writing down my dreams now when I wake up. And last night I had a dream that instead of like, you, you know how when in high school, like you would send candy grams for Valentine's Day and stuff. Well, in my dream, people could send candy to people they liked and they'd get delivered nicely with like a sweet little note. But you could also send them to people you didn't like. And instead of it being delivered with a nice little handwritten note, little kids would come and throw the candy at you and pelt you with it. And I was pelted quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was my dream. Such an sh- awful shame dream. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have anxiety dreams where they're late for a test or it's finals week for a class that they never even knew they signed up for or their teeth are falling out. And yours is that little kids are going to come in on Valentine's Day. And instead of say, you're loved and appreciated, it's just like people consciously don't like you. Yeah, that's your anxiety dream. My anxiety is that people like are consciously hating me and going to tell me with bullets of candy. Oh, but anyway, candy and then just shove it right in 
I don't even know. Where am I Mama shoving bird, it? baby bird it back into them. Into their mouth. Have you ever done that? Mama bird, baby bird? Just baby birded? No. Okay. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> but this was like in college. We were at a party and my our friend Dane drank like drank some beer and then like I think it was just like a weird like he didn't even ask me and I just like picked up on it and I opened my mouth and he just poured it in it was like not even a conversation it just happened oh okay liquid and gum still not into it but I do think it's at least a little bit better than like chewed food yes, which I is agree. what I thought you were saying okay but this is an encounters okay, episode yes, normally we don't talk in the beginning so but sorry I like have so <laughs> much to tell my here. friend Corinne <laughs> As if we didn't already talk on the phone, like as soon as you woke up today. <laughs> okay. Um, this is from Becky. We'll get to stories. Yes. Oh, okay. Becky's been listening from the very beginning and it got her through work from home life. Okay. Becky says, I've just come back from visiting my family in the Midlands, UK. And we all reminisced about the one paranormal experience we all experienced on holiday. In 2007, my parents took the family to stay in a holiday cottage that was nestled in a Yorkshire Valley. I was 15 at the time, my little brother was 13, and mom and dad had all kinds of teenage angst to deal with. The place we were staying at was modern and purpose-built for holidaying as a part of a small complex of identical cottages. Our guess is that this cottage was built no earlier than the 80s, and there wasn't really anything remarkable about its appearance or its history. We all got inside, and still nothing seemed too unusual. It had all the bland, ugly decor you usually get in cheap holiday cottages, but we did notice one thing when we were unpacking. In Yorkshire, it is common to see houses and their interiors built from a local yellowish sandstone, even in modern builds. The fireplace in this cottage took up nearly one wall of the living room and was built from long, thin Yorkshire stone bricks of varying lengths, all stacked on top of each other. However, one of the bricks was triangular, and sat to the right of the hearth amongst the other rectangular blocks. A bit weird, but nothing too scary yet. We picked up the guest book, which was full of stories from past holiday makers who had been spooked in the cottage. One entry in particular that was definitely written by a child warned us to beware the triangle, along with drawings of the fireplace full of arrows and exclamation marks. What? We had a bit of a chuckle, didn't think much of it, and settled into starting our holiday. The first thing that felt off was when it came to sleeping arrangements that night. There were only two bedrooms, which meant one of us kids had to sleep in the living room on a pull-out bed. My little brother flat out refused to be left alone in a big, dark living room all night, so I lost the toss. I didn't sleep all night. I remember lying in bed with a feeling like someone was in the room with me until the sun came up. It was enough to make me insist that I was not sleeping there the next night. And so my mom ended up taking the living room while I took the single room and my brother and dad bunked together. Small things started happening around the house that we could not explain. We'd come back from a day trip and find all of the windows open. Small noises were heard in other areas of the cottage while we were all together. And the spooky ongoings got us questioning ourselves, including having discussions whether the fireplace triangle had turned upside down. Looking back through the guest book didn't help as the kids had drawn the triangle both ways up in their entries, which means it is moving. Ooh, that's so freaky. Ugh. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say because it's 
if you have to question whether it moved yourself after having so much attention on it, being like, this is freaky, this is paranormal maybe. And then suddenly you think, was it that direction this whole time? Mm. Then it definitely moved. Definitely moved. Or maybe you jumped timelines. Maybe this is like a little portal situation. We began to call the presence we heard and felt around the place Oswald after a character from a Terry Pratchett novel. He's a tidy poltergeist who lives with witches doing the housework in their cottage. Oswald didn't seem to like us staying up too late watching TV. The set would turn off by itself randomly at night, even though none of us were near the remote. This happened during the news and just as the credits would roll after a film. We'd go to bed saying, all right, Oswald, we can take a hint. Good night. One evening, mom and I had a DVD set up and ready to play a film. We were making snacks and drinks in the kitchen when all of a sudden we heard the MGM lion roaring. Singing in the Rain was playing without us even being in the same room. It seemed like Oswald liked 50s Hollywood musicals. The last and strangest experience happened to my mom. While we were sleeping in the living room, she woke up to ghostly lights playing around on the ceiling. When she told us of her breakfast the next day, we asked if it was a dream or passing car lights, but she said it was like they weren't even made of light and they were alive. She still talks about this encounter with a bit of a shudder. Before this holiday, we were all skeptics, but after this experience, well, we still are. We love a scary story, but at our core, we think that the human mind is powerful enough to create the magical out of the mundane without the need for specters from beyond this world. Since leaving that cottage in Yorkshire, we have banded about theories that Oswald was actually dodgy electrics, auto-suggestion after reading the guest book, or even a gas leak. That said, I would love to hear the thoughts from you two true paranormal believers, because how did a cheap modern build in Yorkshire Valley become haunted by an invisible control freak? What did the triangle in the fireplace mean? Who or what do you think Oswald really was? Right now, I'm up to your 100th episode after a month-long binge, and if you read this email, I will look forward to hearing your take on my story when I finally catch up to your latest episodes. Keep doing what you do. I rely on this podcast to get me through my workday. See you on the other side. Metaphorically, Becky. Also, I just realized we had a theme for this episode. We did? Skeptic turn believers. Didn't we already do that? No, that's this one. Hopefully I chose the right ones. I mean, it says in the, it's bolded in I our, think it is then. Yeah. I think it is. I realized that. I, cause it's hard because we talk about things so much that I'm like, didn't we already do it? But no, we talk about them as a plan to do. Here it is. So this is a skeptic, almost believer, still a skeptic. <laughs> still a skeptic. Still wondering, questioning. Well, because it is, I mean, it's interesting because it's like, was it dodgy electric? No, was it, it was a ghost. Like they, they proposed two different sides where it could be dodgy electrics. It could be a gas leak, you know, a little bit of carbon monoxide poisoning. But then on the flip side, the fact that so many people have experienced the same thing too, like if you were having carbon monoxide poisoning, would you have the same sort of group delusions about this triangle moving within the the fireplace area? No, I don't, at least I don't think. No. And then also to me, Oswald to me doesn't necessarily sound like a demon. And I know Oswald is this sort of like tidy little witch helping demon. But to me, I initially thought Faye. This sounds like a Faye situation, doesn't it? So I don't think demon was ever proposed, but I, I don't even think Faye. I think just straight up ghost because so they named it Oswald after a spirit that tidied up a witch cottage in a book. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did demon come into my I brain? don't know. I don't know. I think you're just demons on your mind all the time. Um, 
you're reading a story. So I assume there's a demon in there. <laughs> That's also fair. No, I think it, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if there was a gas leak, yes, maybe there's like some hallucinations involved, but a gas leak doesn't cause all the electronics to turn off. Then faulty wiring on the other side might cause electronics to turn off and do weird things, but it doesn't cause you to have hallucinations. So to me, I'm like, this is a ghost. And especially because they noticed that the triangle was weird before they looked at the book. They like were like, oh, that's a weird thing. And then they looked at the book and it said, beware the triangle. And it sounds like there were other spooky encounters from this place, which I'm curious what happened to other people. I know. I want to see the book. The book. I wonder if they took pictures of the book, if they kept the book with them. Neighbor coming home. <laughs> Scary. The scariest thing in my apartment is my neighbors. It, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sounds of other people entering their homes freak me out. <laughs> It's just because we're jumpy and it's like the worst timing too to be telling ghost stories and have noises come from around you. But it also makes sense because it is noon. Okay, so Christina just told me that this place is haunted. The place you are currently in. The place I'm currently in. Have you felt anything? No, I have felt nothing. But And she was more like, okay, but I think Christina is also haunted. Like she's had a lot of visitations from family members and mm -hmm. she has a lot of like chain show up and metal like her metal objects and jewelry and stuff will be moved or she like they show up randomly in different places and she thinks it's like her uncle or something but she said the guest room has like a strange energy and smell and she's like I've staged so many times and still this like smell continues and it's like only this room nowhere else smells like this so stay tuned interesting Hmm. hmm. I dare you to spend a night in that room. Okay. <laughs> you thought about it for a long time. Does that mean you were hesitant? No, I I think I have stayed in that room. Oh. And I didn't experience anything. I wonder now if you spend enough time in that place, if maybe the spirits will get to know you and then they'll start to Befriend say hello. Me. Or you should use the... Should I do it right now? That we used. Let's see. Go run and try to talk to them for a second. See if you catch anything. Let's see if we can turn some skeptics into believers. Right now. Let's see. What was the app called? Currently. Necrophonic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. I'm going to start. I have been told that there is a spirit in this apartment. Is that true? Do you want to say hello? Are you a good spirit? Did it say no? Do you only like Christina? It doesn't really nah. sound. I think we're in the clear. We're in the clear, at least for now, unless someone's being shy. But it really does, when this app, the majority of the time, this app does sound like what it was just sounding like with you, which makes me think all the more that when we were using it in New Brunswick, that it was real, really something coming through. Yeah. If people haven't, okay, I know we posted that show on Patreon. I... If you haven't, I just want to hear people's takes on it. It's on our Patreon. You can listen to and watch the whole New Brunswick show. And there is a whole segment. Like that whole show was haunted. The EMF reader was going off nonstop. So please, if you've seen it or if you go to watch it, let us know. Yeah. It wasn't even us talking. It was the ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. So we handed over the mic. You want to hear from the dead? We did. Okay. This is called Your Good Old Fashioned Haunting a demon on the baby monitor and psychic dreams. And this is from Lydia. See, maybe this is why demons are on your mind. Maybe this is. 
Hey, Corinna and Sabrina. I love the podcast and love everything paranormal. Ever since I was little, I was able to pick up on things supernatural. Mind you, my whole family could because our childhood home was exorcism level haunted. (laughs) When I was seven, we moved into a home on an acreage. This place was built in the early 40s and was not updated since. It had outbuildings as well, such as a farmhand's quarters, as well as a blacksmith shop, both of which were entirely surrounded by lilac trees. This sounds so cool. Imagine your family buying this property. I feel like I could imagine like running around it like a kid. I just, it sounds so beautiful. Yes. So many places to play. You can pretend to be a fairy. (laughs) Yeah. So many options. So many things. And it smells so good because there are lilac trees. The entire property was surrounded by trees. And to a seven-year-old and my four siblings, it could have been the largest forest in the world. As soon as we moved in, my mom started to state that she was hearing things like knocking at night and footsteps from upstairs. We would also hear each other's voices when the person wasn't home or was in a different part of the house and couldn't possibly be heard. It started out small like this. Me and my older brother wanted to go exploring in the forested part of the property. At the entrance of the forest was an old farmhand building. We decided it would be a good idea to cut down the branches of this lilac tree to get inside. After about two hours of cutting through this bush, we got to the door and it smelled like death, like something had been rotting. Did that stop us? No. We went in and we saw a bed, a small kitchen area with a workshop and wood stove, and a rocking chair. Most of this was not in good condition other than silverware and teacups, as well as some tools and metal items. Immediately upon entering, the energy shifted and felt heavy. The rotten smell worsened and we ran out and back to the house. After that day, the occurrences were definitely less subtle. There was one time when we were all in the living room, my whole family, and out of nowhere, we hear a scream Mm. from the attic that sounds like a small child screaming bloody murder. From the attic? My dad goes to investigate. He finds nothing, not even any animals, even though the noises were definitely human. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Another memorable experience was when we were watching TV in the upstairs living room. My room, along with my brothers, were in the basement. The basement was always very creepy, and it remained unfinished the entire time that I lived there. It always felt like eyes were on you. Anyways, I went downstairs to use the bathroom while we were all watching TV, and to get to my room, you had to walk through a den area where there were a few Ikea armchairs and a couch. I walked through this area and all of the furniture is in place. I was in the bathroom maybe two minutes max. And when I went to go back upstairs, all of the chairs in the den were arranged in a circle around a Tonka truck toy. (laughs) A seance. A Tonka truck seance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I ran upstairs and I asked who did that because there was no way anyone could have in that short span of time that I was in the bathroom. My mom informed me that no one but me had gone downstairs. And after looking at the odd chair circle herself, she was even more confused. There were many, many more experiences in this home from flickering lights and TVs and radios changing to footsteps and feeling someone touch you. I was most definitely converted to a believer. I experienced the worst of the hauntings in that house. And after I moved out, the energy either followed me or ghosts are aware that I am more perceptive of them and are drawn to me. Whatever the case, it scares the shit out of me. Similar occurrences happened in me and my fiance's first apartment that we got when I was 17. He knew I was haunted and had these spirits attached to me. And he was previously a skeptic and didn't really believe in any of it. 
but never discredited my experiences. Hmm. Good. Good boyfriend. That's good. One night while I was asleep, my boyfriend Jake had gotten up because he heard a noise at the front door. This apartment was a bi-level with the upper level rented separately. However, there was no access to that part of the house from our side and vice versa. To get to the front door, you have to go up the steps and then there's a small entrance area with a coat closet and the front door. Jake looked outside, but there was no one there. And then he went back to bed. About halfway down the stairs, he heard knock, knock, knock on the door behind him. He ran back up thinking kids must be playing a prank and shouted out of the door to quit it. He came back to bed and heard the knocking again. Oh my gosh. At this point, he was frustrated. He grabbed his phone and he went outside to our backyard to see if he could catch the kids. He couldn't find them and he went back to the door. But when he went to get back to the house, the door was locked. <gasps> oh no! I was sleeping and he knew that I wouldn't lock him out if I had woken up and seen he wasn't in the house. I woke up to him calling me from outside the house saying something was messing with him and locked him out. I believed him and we just chalked it up to being one of the energies maybe that followed me. He was a believer ever since then. Yeah. Okay, so I did stick with the theme. Yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he has had many experiences since. We eventually moved out of that apartment when I got pregnant because it was only one bedroom, one bathroom, and we didn't have space for a baby. We found a house that had three bedrooms and two bathrooms and enough space for us to have a family in it. We were there for about two months before my son was born. My son's birth was very traumatic. Mm. He came very early and there were complications leading to a hospital stay for both myself and for him. Oh, geez. When we did eventually get home, we were all very drained emotionally, and maybe that could affect the energy in the home. But when we came back, it just did feel a lot darker in that house. Negative, almost. My fiance works during the day and I stay home with the baby. I will hear the sounds like bookshelves being knocked over downstairs, but then go and find nothing. Doors will open and close and cupboards in the kitchen seem to close by themselves when you would look away. The energy in the house is very heavy. It feels like a weight on your chest. When you go step outside, you feel physically lighter. Okay, so it's definitely the house. We would always hear laughing from the hallway, which is next to our son's nursery. And he's 12 weeks old, technically seven weeks old, adjusted age, and cannot laugh yet. <gasps> this definitely freaked us out. And when it would happen, we would say out loud, you are not welcome here. You are not welcome near our son. You need to go back to where you came from. Jeez. This only ever seemed to anger the spirit. Because one day... I had just got out the baby down in his crib and went out to watch the podcast when I hear laughing on the monitor. Oh, like no. Laugh. <gasps> oh. The uneasy feeling in my stomach grows and I grab the baby monitor to check. On this monitor, there's a zoom function when I have it turned on so I can see into the crib better from where the camera's positioned. I turn on the monitor and to my horror, no. there is a black mass in the crib with my baby laying behind him in a curled up position. No. I'm literally frozen at this moment. All I can do is stare. And as I'm staring at the mask, waiting for the screen to glitch and the mask to just disappear, it doesn't. No, no, I look no, closer no. at the screen and I see that I can make out a nose, a mouth, two eyes within this mask. I feel nauseous looking at this entity. I feel like nauseous. I've seen something. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've seen something I wasn't supposed to. I run to the nursery and to the crib and only my baby's in there. I grab him. I run outside calling my fiance and telling him what happened. We weren't in a financial position to move, 
unfortunately, which was my first instinct. But we ended up getting a priest to come and bless the house as well as a local elder to sage and smudge. And since then, we have not noticed any malicious activity. Thank goodness. Only the same previous harmless hauntings that we experienced in our homes. Oh my God. <gasps> I wonder if the those monitors record if they record yes if it was one of those if there's evidence other than me having spirits follow me around my whole life i've had other interesting experiences as well such as astral projection sleep paralysis lucid dreaming and one very interesting one psychic dreams oh it started out small with things like i would dream of a conversation with someone and then the next day the exact conversation would happen with the same person in the same place I would dream of someone in my family passing, and then very soon after, they would. Morbid. Wow. But it was fascinating to me how accurate my dreams were, even when it was the most minuscule thing to get accurate, such as the conversation. Not all of my dreams were psychic. Most of them were normal and random and completely batshit crazy, just like any other <laughs> dream. So it was hard to tell sometimes when something was actually going to happen or if I was having a dream that was trying to tell me something. I usually just find out once it happens. When I was about 15, I had a dream that I got into a car accident. I had rolled my car and crashed into a tree. The dream was incredibly detailed from paramedic faces, from the paramedics' faces, to the clothes that I was wearing, to the details of the car and the accident scene. And I never thought anything more of it. I didn't even drive at the time of the dream. So it wouldn't have occurred to me that this could be a psychic one. A year and a half after the dream, I had eventually got my license and a car a small 1992 Oldsmobile Cutlass, white. And I was driving one night around 7 p.m. on a secondary highway when I suddenly veered off the road and into the ditch. The car rolled three times and slammed into a tree. My back seat was in the front seat from how the car had crushed <gasps> and I was pinned between the seats and the dash. Oh, thankfully a farmer had seen me crash and he drove over on an ATV to pull me out. I passed out shortly after the crash. I faintly remember being pulled out and laying on the grass and then passing out once again. And once I woke up from the hospital, I asked my mom what had happened. She told me everything and all of a sudden, a light bulb went off in my head. So I, I shouted, it was the same car, mom. Everything was the same. I dreamed this last year. My mom just looked at me with a look of almost fear and said, I know. Apparently, I was conscious in the ambulance and was screaming like a madman, telling people I dreamt this and I remembered everything about the accident from the dream that I had last year. Unintentionally, I horrified one of the paramedics by telling her I saw her in my dream last year and should have known that this was going to happen. When I look back and compare my dream to the accident, not one detail is different, even the outfit I was wearing. Oh, I have full body chills. I like kind of really feel like I'm going to throw up. Thank you, ladies, for the lovely podcast. Keep making episodes and bringing us the incredible joy, smiles, and spooks that you do. Till we meet again, Lydia. Lydia, you're bringing the spooks. Lydia. Are you kidding me? I, I need a second. Hold on. Wild. I need a second. You know, like when you feel nauseous and you need to breathe, I need you to do that. One second. Yeah. Or I need to burp. Someone burp me. Just a wild series of events. Okay. What? Okay. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> that's all I have to say but like seriously okay so Lydia is very haunted it sounds like it wasn't just there's so many things to talk about okay so the the house that Lydia grew up in 
definitely is haunted. The screaming child in the attic is terrifying. So scary. And it's like, clearly there's like some sort of mimic or doppelganger or some situation because they all keep hearing each other's voices. Yeah. When they're, that person's not there. Like it's a very conscious, gross, evil being that that was there. It almost sounds like there's like a bunch of ghosts, especially with all the chairs moved into a circle. It feels like they, okay, Mm -hmm. here's a funny pitch. It's like, I wonder if this truck, it's brand new and the ghosts are all like, I've never seen something like this before. So like put, they set up a circle and they put it in the middle and they're all like, well, what could it be? What is this? What, what do we do with it? Like they're having a little like HOA meeting. Oh yeah. Especially too. I wonder if Lydia knows if this was maybe the first toy that actually like lit up or made noises or something, because perhaps that was a very new thing. And they were like, what is this other plastic sentient being that is now in our home? It's like, um, that is interesting when, uh, the aliens in Toy Story see Buzz Lightyear and they like bow down (laughs) or no, it's the claw. Yeah. The claw. Like it's like their master. The claw. The claw. Okay. But then the demon with Lydia's little son, my gosh. Well, first of all, one, I'm so sorry you went through such a traumatic birth with your son. And then I'm so glad you're okay after what a terrifying could have been deadly accident. Um, But it does make me wonder if they were in the hospital for a while and it was a traumatic birth, if something in the hospital attached to Lydia's son and kind of came home because it was the second, like, yes, they had hauntings in the house prior, but the second they got back from the hospital, the energy and the weight of the home shifted. So it definitely feels like... right. Something came home, something wasn't already there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. And I'm glad that they sought out multiple sources to help get rid of this darkness, right? Because it's it's great to have a priest, but it's also great to to pull in someone who's a shaman or or a local healer or, or someone who's spent more time on the actual land and has a lot more history in that land to also get involved. So I'm glad that Lydia... And her fiance kind of like pulled out all the stops, especially when your child's involved. You're like, you know what's scary? Get this thing fixed. I think, and this is like what? a like a terrible thought, but now that we know everything's okay, I'll just say it. It almost makes me think that there was like a dark entity that was like, he was supposed to be mine. Like if it was a traumatic birth and he was born several weeks early, like if the other side was trying to take him, like- and so there was a pull. There was a yeah. Oh, I I don't want to think about that. <laughs> that's that's so scary. Oh, the image of only this we thing. Could astral project and just be warriors on the other side and just post up at the NICU and just battle off. I any promise of those demons. that when I'm dead, I will be a protective ghost. I will also pull pranks, but I promise to be protective. Good. You can just pull silly little pranks, yeah. ones that are appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Or also a little bit of annoying, like, but otherwise, where did I put my diamond ring? I don't know. Sabrina took it. Oh. And then when they're showering and they're crying because they think they lost their diamond ring in the steam on the mirror, you write, got you, cryptic. bitch. And then a treasure hunt. <laughs> got you, bitch. Check the fridge. <laughs> in a cookie cake that you've baked them while they're showering because you feel bad. <laughs> 
they come fun. out there. Who is in my kitchen? Why are they cooking? <laughs> okay. What do you have? I have a bit of a longer one from our listener, Andrea or Andrea, Andrea. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, but it's called From Ghosts to Aliens, A Skeptic Couldn't Explain. Hi there. My name is Andrea and I'm from Arkansas. Absolutely love y'all's dynamic and the podcast has been one of my favorite finds this year. I have three stories I'd like to share. So I grew up in a household that didn't really believe in religion or the paranormal. So like a chip off the old block, I too became a bit of a skeptic. I have lived most of my life by the phrase, if it can't be explained by science, then it ain't real. The older I get, however, I have become more open to things that can't easily be explained away, all thanks to my first story and encounter with a ghost. When I was young, my family had a beloved cat named Rudy. He was a vivacious cat that loved quality family time, and his favorite spot in the house was the window above the couch. We always knew he had gotten up there by the way the blinds made a sound when he was squeezing his ass in between them. (laughs) He unfortunately passed away, and we laid him to rest at my grandparents' house. A couple days after the kitty funeral, my brother and I were sitting in the living room watching TV when all of a sudden I hear the blinds behind me make the oh-so-familiar sound of Rudy perching himself in the window. Without a second thought, I turned around and actually saw my sweet cat Rudy. I turned back only to realize I watched this dude be laid to rest the other day. Quickly, I snapped my head back around and poof, he's gone. Okay. I'm glad that it's a ghost situation because for a second I was like, um, what in the pet cemetery is happening? No, it was a ghost. Ghost kitty. It was a ghost little kitty coming to say goodbye, mm-hmm. coming to say hello. Coming to his favorite spot. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Now, when I became older and thought back to this odd incident, I tried to convince myself that I had fallen asleep or just imagined it. But I don't remember going to sleep or waking up. And it wasn't until about a year ago when I mentioned this story to my mom who said, Oh yeah, I remember that. You and Jacob both came running up to me saying, y'all saw Rudy in the window. It really freaked me out. Well, shit. (laughs) So that was real, wasn't it? Leia's like, yes. Aren't you? She's really excited about the feathers. The feathers? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Come here. Do you want the feathers? She's being reminded of that time she murdered a bird. And she's like, I love that. Can I do it again? Reminiscing. She is so enthralled. (laughs) Okay. My second story is about the possible UFO my father and I saw while watching the sky. UFOs were the only thing while growing up that I figured were in the realm of possibility because I thought it would be ridiculous to just assume we were the only intelligent species. But for a while, I didn't believe most UFO sightings just because we technically had zero proof other than word of mouth. This belief would quickly evaporate, however, because on a clear summer night, my dad took me out to stargaze. Only a couple months went by before we both saw a soundless pitch black triangle seemingly gliding through the sky. The creepiest part of it all for me was how precise it moved through the air. It moved like an airplane that you would see in the sky, but it felt like there was no way it could deviate from the set route. Does that make sense? I honestly can't put it into words about how accurate it was flying. Just, I knew it was nothing human made. It was too perfect. Later, when we got home, my dad instantly went for the computer to look up military planes and jets. Nothing was like what we saw. Nothing was a perfect triangle that was also silent while flying and left zero jet exhaust trails. Even today, nothing matches what we saw that night. And once again, my skepticism was slowly being chipped away. Wow. My last story is actually not one of my own, but something my brother Jacob experienced. We believe my brother was followed by a poltergeist. 
that maybe he picked up from one of our family friends, weird as hell woods. All of this started when my family moved to a two-story house in the woods. We had moved within walking distance of my brother's friend, who I will call M. So now, if my parents didn't want to drive us down to M's place, they would allow us to walk the quarter mile through the woods to get there. Ooh, through the woods. Yeah, that's freaky. I want to know, was it like bushy woods? Was it really tall, skinny trees that are like barren ground? Is it mossy? Is it damp? Is it dark? (laughs) I think it's probably beautiful, damp and dark and scary because of what's going to happen. On one day, M told my brother that their woods were haunted by a shadowy ghost and that some days around 3 p.m. they would see him walk from the woods to their house and then vanish. This got to both my brother and I because we were the ones having to walk through said haunted forest, particularly after school around 3.30. So jumping ahead, my brother decides he wants to go to M's house and I decide to stay home. Maybe an hour goes by and my brother is back home and tells us while he was walking, he felt like he was being watched by something in the woods. He would also see shadow men darting between the trees. And after he encountered this, the poltergeist activity began. One night, While my brother was sleeping, he was awoken by his cat clock. The ones where the eyes and tail move when ticking, it fell and hit him. This was pretty strange because the nail didn't twist in the wall and the clock had the little nail securing slot thingy. It appeared that it was lifted off the nail and fell on him. He also had various knickknacks fall off shelves and even the ones that were pushed all the way to the wall, having about two inch clearance from the edge, were pushed off. We then moved from that two-story house into a suburban neighborhood. We figured the activity would have stopped, but nope. At that house, the same thing would occur. Things falling off shelves and whatnot while we were alone at the house. That house was also where I felt someone or something tap me loud enough on my shoulder that my mom heard it. Later in high school, things eventually died down and we didn't experience anything else. We aren't sure if with age we closed ourselves off from the paranormal or if it was all the crazy stuff that happened when you grow up. Either way, things just stopped. I would say my skepticism has crumbled quite a lot with age. Just the odd experiences didn't make sense and blaming it all on the cats or the classic spooky wind wasn't cutting it anymore. I feel myself being more and more open to vibes. I feel really cringy for saying vibes, but I don't know what else to call the energy that leeches off of everything. My therapist says I'm more than likely a highly sensitive person or empathetic. It may be true. It may not be. I just know a bitch cries a lot and I match with people's energies very well. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend works for a company that cleans up tragedies like fires, floods, and the rare trauma cleanup. When he comes home from work on the rare trauma cases, I do feel like he's bringing something home. Nothing demonic or cruel, but the energy of the house changes slightly whenever he comes home from something so terrible. What do you make of this? Maybe because I've heard the piece together story from him while he was at the trauma case, but there's definitely an energy shift that occurs within two days or so. I always feel the need to burn cedar and set my intentions of my ideal homely feel and the room appears to open back up with love. Well, that's all I got. I hope you found some enjoyment in these stories and thank you ladies for making something so entertaining. Lots of love. See you on the other side, Andrea. It's funny that Andrea is like, oh yeah, my skepticism chipped away over the years, which I understand because the... There were just like a few instances in the beginning or paranormal encounters in the beginning that maybe you were questioning like, did I make that up? Was that part of my grieving my cat? Things like that. But I just feel like I think you haunted knew after seeing her cat that she was haunted. I think she likes to think perhaps that 
that things happen and then she's become more of a believer. But I think she was ever since seeing that cat. I also believe like, I mean, if you grew up, cause you and I both grew up in, in homes where our parents were like, hell yeah, paranormal. It's real. There's a ghost living in, and there's a demon in your sister type of thing. Whereas if you grow up in a family where everyone is skeptical and you're very science-based and you want facts, I totally understand that if you had like a little odd occurrence, you'd be like, oh, it's just nothing. And especially with loss. And I think this is where a lot of skepticism comes into play with people seeing their loved ones after their deaths is like, our minds are really, really powerful. So it is believable that the the feeling of missing someone so deeply, you create this belief that maybe you saw them. I'm not saying that that's what I believe, but I understand where people could be coming from in in making that argument. It's not always clear. Yeah, you don't have a lot of people validating what you saw and saying like, this is certainly something that could happen. Right. But it happened. But she's haunted. She's haunted. She saw a UFO. There was a poltergeist following her yeah, brother. Yeah, the UFO thing. Just the fact that it was like smooth and moved without sound and just like flew through the air with such grace. I'm like, that is such a clear UFO sighting. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. I would love to have a UFO sighting like that. Me too. Well, I want to be abducted. Sighting, I'll take yes. anything. I'll Abduction, take literally yeah. anything at this point. <laughs> I just want something. You'll get it eventually. If I live long enough. You will. You'll live forever because you'll become a vampire. <laughs> Go team. <laughs> Go vampires. Okay, I have one to end on. This is called Angels and Chains, Imitation Ghost, Hat Man, a Dark Entity, and a now believer. Ooh, this was sent in from our listener, Liz. I feel like all of these stories are like really great combo platters. Like there's just a, like a great mix. Oh yeah. We get a little charcuterie of ghost stories. Charcuterie. So good. Hey, Sabrina and Corinne. I have a few stories that I'd like to share. For some background, growing up, there was an old haunted house, just a couple houses down from ours. It's called Angels and Chains House because there was said to be a sighting of an angel there. It burnt down. Oh my God. Okay. And the spirits being lost were thought to have traveled to nearby houses, our neighbors. Then I would say probably yours too. Then their house burned down. Oh. Coincidence. And the spirits scattered around. We think that's where our ghosts come from. However, there are still some hauntings at our neighbor's house. All harmless though. We will occasionally see a ghost cat that replicates our cat, Cheese. Cheese. I can feel it jump into the bed sometimes and snuggle up for a nap. I'm not sure if it's the same entity or not, but once while we were all home for Christmas, my older sister woke up in the middle of the night to the door being open. In the doorway, she saw our little sister standing there, staring at her. <gasps> she says, Olivia, are you okay? Olivia turns and walks back down the hallway into the darkness without saying anything. Sabrina, I feel like this is you. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, my older sister, gets up to check on her, but she sees that she was asleep the whole time in the other room in the other direction. I'm not sure if entities that copy the looks of other living things could mimic both my sister and our cat, but either way, it freaked my sister out. It freaks me out. That is really scary. Unless both the cat and their sis and her sister are like astral travelers, they travel yes, around together. They astral project together. Yeah. They hang out every night in their <laughs> astral form. 
they just don't realize it. Yeah. I like that more. Yeah, me too. scary. Yeah. My entire family had seen our hat man, whom we all believe to be harmless, despite what research has shown. He walks from our sliding glass door to our parents' bedroom. I used to think that it was just the lighting making it look like there was a shadow that was moving. I think that was debunked when I saw it in the middle of the night. It was a solid figure of a man with a tall hat like Abe Lincoln. The curtain to the door was closed and all of the lights were off. So seeing a shadow in the darkness seems pretty unreasonable to me. It also makes me wonder if this was, not to say it's not Hat Man, but what if this was just a spirit in a hat because it moving from one spot to the other and just having this kind of regular route almost makes me think that it is more of like a residual or just... Yeah, but Shadow, like the Hat Man does kind of show up like that. And also I know Liz said that they debunked it, but... We've heard so many shadow person stories and Corinne, you've even experienced it where they are darker than dark. So you can see them in the dark when there is no light. Right. Which is what Liz is saying that at first they thought it was just the light across the wall. But then once they saw it at night, they were like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. This is definitely some sort of spirit. Yeah. I also fear my mom has a dark entity attached to her. I believe this clung to her from when she was a dumb teenager who decided it would be fun to play with a Ouija board by herself. She's never told me any stories from her games, but it's one possibility from the many of where the entity came from. My mom has had night terrors for most of her life. She can almost never see anything, but wakes up to the darkness of her bedroom and cannot move. One of the scariest stories she told me was when she woke up in sleep paralysis and heard whispering in her ear, do it. Just put the pillow over his face. He'll be fine. (gasps) The being was referring to putting a pillow over my dad's face to suffocate him in sleep. Luckily, (laughs) being paralyzed, she wasn't able to move and whatever told her to do it wasn't able to possess her to do it either. Side note, my dad is 100% okay. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Good. I think this evil being lives in my parents' room. It could be the hat man, even since he walks from the door to their room. Who knows? I think it lives there because when my niece was little, like first able to talk until she turned three, she was able to see something in the corner of their room. She called it a monster. My mom asked her what she meant, but she was one or two, so she couldn't really be very descriptive. She was always afraid of going near that corner of the room because of the monster. Now that she's older, though, she can't see it, or at least she doesn't point it out. I hope she doesn't see it. I know. Can you imagine if, like, now that she's older, she understands a little bit? So, no. That she's not. But, like, what if the thing threatened her and is like, if you say anything else? Oh, Corinne, why'd you gotta go there? So now she she pretends she doesn't see it. Golly. (laughs) Last story I will tell. My dad has been a skeptic for forever until one night he was home alone, sitting on the couch, watching TV. Out of the corner of his eye, he can see our dining room table and something is moving. He looks over and everything seems normal. He brushes it off. It happens again. And this time when he looks over, he can see pens moving, like doing a little dance in the air. They then drop back down onto the table as if they saw him looking. He wasn't able to explain it away, so now he's a believer. I know that was quite a few stories, but hopefully you got to read them all. Thank you for reading. I love the podcast. Stay spooky and give Leia all the love. See you on the other side, Liz. 
I just feel like her dad saw a ghost like writing la la, or like they were doing a pretend concert or something. It's like, okay, you have this trombone, you're on the flute, you're on the drums. And it's like, and I'm the conductor. And they're just, that is the kids are playing. You know, what's also so funny is like, and I feel like this happens a lot is the ghosts are almost aware that no one's looking at them. Like the spirit waited for Liz's dad to turn back around before picking up the pens. And when Liz looked, or when Liz's dad looked back at the pens, all of a sudden they dropped, right? So it's like, oh, I got caught. It's a paranormal game of red light, green light. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Wow, Liz, you've had so many experiences. I, I am curious why Liz's mom hasn't shared any of the Ouija board stories. Like, is she too scared of I what know. happened? I want to hear them. Especially because it sounds like there's been so many... Well, I feel like my imagination is only going to the, the darkest of dark, knowing what she has chosen to share. The Which pillow? Still pretty creepy. Yeah, so dark and so creepy. So if she's sharing that, but doesn't want to talk about the Ouija board. What does that mean? What was she told? Yeah, geez. From the Ouija board. I yeah. Know. Unless she just doesn't want to say something that could be so intriguing that it encourages Liz to try it. Maybe that was another thing that was just like, I don't want to say anything about the Ouija board that would make you think. Okay, but if she had Maybe good experiences... there's an element of the story that's okay. enticing. Because I was going to say, if she had good experiences, then she would be fine with Liz doing it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't or maybe know. she played that Ouija board, never closed it out. And that's why there's some darkness around her mom or that's what Liz is theorizing. Listen, let's follow the four rules. Do not play with Ouija boards or stay away from Ouija boards. Actually, unless you have already done them or if you're good at them and you know what you're doing... And do them, do your thing, whatever. Just email us about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> the number one rule is if you do play with a Ouija board, you have to send us a ghost story. Yeah. If you break any of our rules, that's okay. As long as you tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're loose rules. Very. <laughs> They're rules for us. Yeah. You're welcome to follow them if you would also like. Yes. Some of them are definitely rules uh, and the law as well from that. <laughs> True. Embroidered. Definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were a skeptic and have now turned into a believer, or if you've had family members who've turned into believers, please let us know what turned you, what turned you into a vampire, into a believer. And turned you. what's your secret sauce? And um, also, if you have any paranormal encounters generally, please email us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Two and one are spelt out. T-W-O-O-1-E. Whoa. O-one-E. That's what I wrote. O-one-E. O-one-E. <laughs> That's where our brain is at today. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have a website, twogirlsoneghost.com, also spelled out. You can head over there to find all the links to our socials, to our Discord channel, to our YouTube, to all of the places that you can listen, to our merch, and check that out for any live shows that are coming up. Join us on Patreon, rate and review us on iTunes. And thank you so much to Christina for editing our podcast. We really needed it today after O1E. You can tell. But yes, we love you all. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you on the other side.